Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back, Scarleteers, to the Scarleteers podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Lindsay. And thank you so much for joining us and coming back to us. Today, we have a very special uh, podcast, which we're very excited about. So we have our very first guest fan host, um, because obviously Amanda and I have, have talked and, and we, we the podcast is for you guys, the fans who are, who are listening and everything. So we're going to try and, and incorporate you as much as we can. So our first uh, guest host is fellow fan Suzanne from Canada. So welcome, Suzanne. Welcome, thank Suzanne. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Yes, I'm only one fan from Canada. So <laughs> I'll try to do my best to represent this whole big country. Uh, but uh, very, very honored and happy to be here. We are Thank you for joining us. You yeah. All yeah. right. Well, it is my turn to introduce our very special guest. Our special guest is Laura Rollins. If you listeners don't know who Laura is, she is the wonderful actor who plays the funny and fabulous Clementine in season two. So welcome, Laura. Yay! Yay! Awesome. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We're so excited to have you here. We can't tell you how excited. So, Laura, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into acting? Okay, a little bit about myself. Um, so I am from Birmingham, um, which is a city in the West Midlands. And I grew up there until I was four. And then I moved to Canada. And mm. when I was in Canada, um, yes, hello, Suzanne. Hello. <laughs> a fellow Canadian citizen over here. Um, My, yes. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so I moved to Canada when I was four and um, that's really where I started to get involved in the arts and um, I started dancing is actually how I started. I was um, a ballet, a ballet dancer, ballet, I was like ballet, um, I was a ballet <laughs> dancer and um, a jazz dancer and I used to go to competitions and so that's where I kind of really developed my appetite to perform wow and then um when I was about eight or nine we moved back to the UK and I was like right I don't want to give that up I really want to carry on and my parents are super super supportive and they've always encouraged me and my brother to try lots of different things and so I carried on dancing but I also got into acting so I went to a youth theatre and then I loved I loved it I loved just again I just loved being on stage I loved performing I loved telling stories and um so yeah my mum then started looking at what else there was in Birmingham for me to do in terms of performing arts and she found this workshop called the Carlton Junior Television Workshop and it's a place where uh, young people can go they have to audition to get in or they had to audition to get in but they um they didn't have to pay so what was great about that is you got to meet kids from all walks of life. It wasn't like acting was just completely reserved just for the kind of the mega rich or kind of the elites of society. So it was really nice because you were just there being a kid, learning how to act, performing. Um, our teacher was a man called Colin Edwards, who was just the most wonderful man. And he 
created this really safe space for us to take risks and try things without being scared of failure. So yeah, it just really, it just really developed my kind of thirst for for acting and I was dancing as well at the at the same time I was training with the Royal Ballet so it was quite it's quite intense it was it was a busy nice. time yeah yeah it was a, it was it was a fun but intense time and um and then I kind of I think not maybe just because of the pressure that I was putting on myself but I think I then kind of went through a stage because I'd been doing like I was doing a lot of theatre I was I was doing a lot of um theatre in Birmingham um and I was dancing and then also on top of that I was starting to kind of do children's tv shows as well and I think maybe I just put a bit too much pressure on myself and then I kind of just fell out of love with acting for a bit and decided that I wanted to be a marine biologist oh so... that took a left turn that was not where I thought that was yeah. that <laughs> no, it's, it's very different so yeah. I then started doing all my work experience related to marine biology I was going to like Anglesey in the summer and working at the Anglesey Sea Zoo for my summers and just loved everything to do with marine life um so maybe one day I'll get to marry my love of marine biology and acting together and I can be in like I don't know free willy four or something Um, (laughs) I was gonna say little mermaid but free willy four is fine Oh yeah, I mean all, all that, but although that's already been that's already been rebooted, hasn't it? Um, I'm yeah. looking that actually. Um, so yeah, so I kind of fell out of love with acting and decided I didn't want to do it. So then I was about to go to university, and I have no idea why, but just before I was filling in my um, UCAS forms, I just this kind of niggle kind of came back to me and was like, oh, but what about acting? And you love English literature and all these things, and then I just kind of went, oh okay, I'm going to go and do that instead. So I parked the marine biology. I changed my mind a lot. You'll probably be able to tell. (laughs) And um, so I parked marine biology and I went to study uh, English literature at Leeds and theatre studies. Um, And then I kind of came out of Leeds and went, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, And then I was like, well, I've always wanted to go to drama school. But again, it wasn't because I necessarily then wanted to pursue a career in it, which sounds, I think sounds really bizarre because I think people think, my gosh, why would you spend all that time and money doing that when you're not sure if that's actually hundred percent what you want to do. But I love the idea of going and learning the craft. And so mm. I went, I, well, I auditioned for drama schools, but to do a master's and I was fortunate enough to be accepted onto some really good courses. And I decided to go to Arts Ed, um, Arts Educational Schools London. And I did a one year MA there. And um, yeah, and then I came out and I was lucky enough to get an agent straight away. And but I wasn't I wasn't like the kind of actor that kind of wouldn't book a holiday in case the phone rang. I had friends who literally were like living, breathing, acting, and it was all they wanted to do. But I was very much like... I'd like to do it, but I also want to live my life. So I kind of went off and had this kind of other career where I worked at Match.com um, in the events and marketing team. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like an online dating yeah. kind of coach and not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to say as an expert, but, you know, I, I, I loved love. So, um, yeah, I was, I was doing that for a while. And then it was getting kind of quite serious and I was doing really well in that and I was getting promotions 
and I was going to Paris and um because they have like like offices all around the world um but I was going to Paris quite a bit um for work and then I don't know one day I just kind of went hmm I don't like this is somebody's dream job and I just don't think it's mine and I don't know I just suddenly went right no I want to be an actor now like I'm ready and I think that was probably what the whole thing was about like I probably always wanted to be an actor but I wasn't ready because I felt like I needed to like live Mm -hmm. um and just experience things and I think that that actually having that experience um in doing different jobs and traveling and um because I've always had a huge travel bug which I get from my parents um I think that all feeds into being able to create characters and be able to understand story and you know if you if you live different stories yourself then you know it's I guess it's easier to create them so definitely that was a really long-winded version of how I got into (laughs) what a wild ride that was it's amazing and very versatile I mean the animals in marine biology and Mm -hmm. then match.com and marketing position uh all I mean, it's different areas of yourself mm-hmm. uh, to explore. So I like the fact that you put this uh, relationship with the acting. Like if you touch different areas, you're able to also reenact, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, so I like that. Uh, quite versatile. So bringing back to our lovely character, Clementine. Mm-hmm. What did you know about Miss Scarlet and the Duke before you got the role? And um, and what drew you to Clementa's role? So, well, I'll be honest, I'd never actually heard of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's just because there is so much to watch and so many channels these days. Um, but weirdly, they were filming the first series in Ireland in the same location that I was staying when I was filming on another TV show. Um, um, and I actually kept walking past this place and seeing like people in these amazing dresses and going oh my gosh what is that tv show and I was I was I was filming a a, a detective drama um but like a modern day detective drama and um which was great I loved but I was like oh I wish I could wear those costumes and it turned out (laughs) it was Scarlet and the Duke um so yeah I mean I was really glad when it came onto my radar um as I love period pieces like a lot um you know I've kind of when I was younger, I remember seeing Pride and Prejudice for the first time and like my mind being blown and being like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, and like, you know, Downton Abbey. And then there was a film called Belle that came out. Um, Ama Asante uh, directed it. And that was about a mixed race girl um, in like the upper echelons of society and how that was really taboo. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, like I love I love the fact that I can see myself um, mm-hmm. in a period piece because that's that's just not something that I'd ever been able to audition for before. So when Clementine came up, um, I was like, right, yeah, I I really want this one. I like I just was reveling in the idea of playing someone like her. Um, and I managed to watch a few episodes of the show before I did my tape. Um, and straight away, I just loved Rachel's writing. And then when I saw the scenes I had to tape for Clementine, um, they just jumped straight off the page. Um, and I was also definitely aware that she would probably get to wear something very, very fabulous. Um, <laughs> given, 
all the costumes that I'd seen in Ireland. So yeah, I was I was really excited. And um I think what drew me to her as well was she's just so far removed from me as an actor. So she's so great to play. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I could have like lots of fun with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we all we all really kind of because we're not part of the acting world, we really love listening about like the audition process mm-hmm. and everything. And and you know, some of the other actors that we've spoken to have have kind of told us their kind of how they um got their part and how they learnt they'd got their part. And mm. um what was that process like for you? So the audition process, well, it was just super fun. Um I shot the tape with my the audition tape uh with my pal and we were laughing a lot throughout because um I wanted to play her with a Cockney accent and I'm I'm from Birmingham so <laughs> yeah. you know, I had to like work on that accent for a little bit but I, I I knew that I wanted to play her very straight as I think there's a tendency with a part like Clementine to go almost a bit Nancy from Oliver um yep. but I didn't want to do that because I felt there was so much comedy to her but all this also this this vulnerability and I wanted that to come across without it being like a cliche performance so yeah we just kind of explored that while we were doing the scenes and then I learned that I got the part um so my agent called the actually it was the day after I sent the tape in um to tell me that casting really liked my tape and that it was currently with the producers and the showrunner um and basically to watch this space and then he called me back 30 minutes later to say that they'd offered me the part. And that oh, I would, wow. Yeah. Ooh. And that I would be flying to Serbia in two weeks. And oh, I was like, what? That's oh my really goodness. Weird. Um, and so it turns out that they'd been auditioning for a while, but hadn't found who they were looking for. So I obviously came into the audition process quite late. So yeah, it was a it was a very quick turnaround. And what was actually what was really lovely just after I'd found out I'd got the part well it was it was that evening so um Steve Hughes who directed um across season two um and season three I've been like a fan of Steve's work for quite a long time because I started out when my first um kind of acting job after I left match.com was was on a tv show for the BBC called Doctors and um Steve actually started out on Doctors but we never actually cross uh cross paths so he we we'd followed each other on Twitter like a few years before but you know like you you just follow people on Twitter and you go oh you know I like their work and that's it but we'd never actually communicated and then he um he did he he directed this episode a COVID episode of Casualty um yes yes. and it was just like I mean it like we're even talking about it now makes me really emotional and um I loved it so much and I'd, I'd you know I'd sent him a message and just said oh you know like I know we don't really know each other but I think it's you know I thought that episode was wonderful well not wonderful because obviously it was about Covid but you know what I mean um congratulations and um thanks for telling those stories and he'd got back and he'd said you know like of course thank you very much blah 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 and then so then obviously I auditioned and he obviously saw my tape and gave me the role. So then he then reached out to Twitter, uh, reached out to me on Twitter that night and um, said, you know, congratulations. I'm really pleased that you're coming to to play with us. And, you know, did you, did you want to have a chat about anything? So I just went, Oh sure. Like, you know, that would be great. And I, I text uh, tweeted him my number and he called me there and then, and we just spoke for like two hours um wow. just about about the show and he was already out in Serbia so he was telling me what Serbia was like 
And oh. I agreed that I would bring him some um, Cadbury's chocolate because he was really <laughs> 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 always a good way to get on the good side of your director. Taking chocolate. Um, so, yeah, so he was just and he was just so lovely. And he was just like, look, if you've got any questions. And so, yeah, I just could tell that we were getting on like famously. And then when I met him in the flesh, like we yeah, we really, really did. Yeah, that's really lovely. Yeah. Rachel was telling us on the last podcast that there isn't we they don't do table reads and there's not a lot of time to kind of get to know people before so you just kind of turn up and do your stuff and I I'd kind of said oh that seems quite daunting to me. Yeah, so they don't do um table reads on Miss Scarlet. Um and the, the, and and to be honest that's what it's like in a lot of jobs. Uh some jobs you're you're really fortunate if you can do a table read or you get to do a, a read over zoom but no we didn't get to do a table read with that so like turning up on you know you always feel like it's your first day at school and you're the new kid um and so it can be quite daunting so it was really lovely before I'd even got on the plane that Steve had already like kind of called me and had put me at ease and he was already saying to me everyone here is so nice so he was there already with obviously like with Rachel and Patty and you know and the and the crew and he was just going like everybody's amazing so it was yeah it was it was really it put me at ease yeah and yeah. very generous from steve to spend all this time with you beforehand yeah i yeah. mean he's just a really generous he's a really generous man and like he is you know i don't think that was special treatment for me i think that that is just steve he's he's so of course yeah yeah he's just really personable and also he wants like he cares about what what we're doing so he wants to make it as best like he wants to make it as good as he possibly can so yes. you know he, and and that includes the experience it's not just about you know the work he wants you to have fun mm-hmm. yeah. so you got the call to fly out to Serbia how was it filming in Belgrade and if you could have a dream location to film in what would be your dream location Okay, so um, Belgrade is beautiful. Like it's it's a really lovely city, and the people are so nice, so friendly. Um, I haven't really been to that part of the world before, so I really didn't know what to expect. But yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. And actually, when I got there, um, we we went out in August, and it was really hot, like really really hot. So like my first day on set in a corset, um it was it was like 30 degrees I was like oh my gosh <laughs> going to melt and lose loads of weight and they're gonna have to tighten my corset <laughs> um but yeah it was it was really nice yeah like the crews the crews there are just so professional I mean I didn't expect anything else but the crews are just really professional and again really personable and like bless them they're you know we were filming with covid protocols so it's all right for me because I get to take my mask off and get to, you know, act and, and whatnot and then go to my trailer and relax. But, you know, the crew had their their masks on like all day mm. um, and they were, yeah, they were just like so committed and they were just real troopers. Um, and then to answer your other question, do I have a dream location? Oh, I mean, there are so many. But actually, I say that I was... um. I was really lucky in August, just gone. I got to go and film Death in Paradise. Um, wow. Yeah, which was Love just, that. it's like such a cool show. And it's, it's, it films in Guadeloupe. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So we flew, 
we flew there and I was out there for just under two weeks and it was just magical and I just kept going like we had these beautiful like bungalows just on the beach um, where we were staying and I just kept waking up in the morning and um, I became really good friends with one of the other actors and we'd go down to the beach and do some yoga and we just kept going I can't believe we are being paid to be here this is ridiculous Um, and so yeah so that was a pretty like that was a pretty magical location to be honest Um, and then oh actually a friend of mine has just written a script that I am going to play a role in and that's going to film in Venice oh wow Um, that'd be amazing yeah um I say just written a script like he wrote a script a while ago but um yeah that when that properly goes into production that's going to be filming in Venice which is very exciting and I love Italy so that will be really cool too um yeah so you get to see the world yeah I mean this is this is one of the things that is so great about this job I mean you know it obviously has its downsides and sometimes what I get to see is literally the inside of my house um because I don't have a job and I'm like oh what am I going to do and I've got audition and blah 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 but actually we are when we get the work we are so fortunate I mean you know sometimes you're just going to I don't know Watford or Birmingham not not as glamorous (laughs) but sometimes you get to go to these dream locations and yeah we are very very lucky to do what Watford's not too bad (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, listen. I'm a big, fan, I'm a big fan of Watford, but you know, <laughs> my hometown. But you know, what's that? Sorry, that's my hometown. Is it? Yeah. No way. I wasn't saying. I was not trying to say that Watford. It's I'm fine. Sure. I don't take any offense. Cut it. Delete it. <laughs> we all um, know it's very exotic, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. For some of us, we would love to go to Watford. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was literally only saying that because actually quite a lot of films in Watford. So and yeah, like, a lot does too, film here. Yeah, we're very that's lucky. Not too far from where I live, so I'm kind of like you know I can go to Watford or I can go to Guadeloupe. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 out of the two, I think you know I'm good. I, I'll choose Guadeloupe. I'm good yeah, I mean you get the sunny weather. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, but coming back to our lovely Clementine. <laughs> And about her sassiness, you're so good in, in playing her. We adore um, when she comes on screen, of course. And you seem so comfortable playing her. But what was your favorite thing about her? Um, if you had to name one. Her humor. More. Um, she's, I just think she's genuinely funny. And I love how uncouth she is. Yeah. Um, I think Clementine gets to say the things that nobody else can. Um, she's just like, you know, she's just nobody's fool. And I was, I was just so comfortable playing her because she's, she's really real. And I feel like I could push those boundaries and take risks, like while still knowing that she's still really grounded because she's so well-written and I don't know, like, sorry, you asked for one thing and now I'm like, Oh, I've got some. <laughs> okay. No, it could be more. Um, no, I just think she can she can turn her charm on and off whenever it suits her. Um, you know, she's got like this confidence. And, I, you know, I think when she's at work, she's obviously very flirtatious. But then she's also got like that fierce side to her. And she's not she's not afraid of anyone. Um, so, yeah, but the, the number one thing is her humor. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh-huh. You definitely got some same dealing lines in there. Mm. 
they were really fun. I was laughing so much when I was reading the scripts, like, and that's obviously always, you know, a good, a good sign because of course, sometimes like you have to be in the situation for it to be funny. And then it genuinely is. But this, I was just reading it, just being like, this character is just great. Um, So one of the things that we love talking about on the group is kind of characters and and where they come from and what what they're kind of like and everything. And we love a bit of a backstory. Um, We've had a few kind of suggestions on what um, Clementine's backstory might be like. When you kind of get the character, did you get any sort of backstory to her or did you try and make one up for yourself? Um, so when I opened the breakdown, it literally said a prostitute and a thief. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm Brilliant. alive." laughs> um, and yeah, they kind of said that, you know, she could be from anywhere in the world, um, but she's she's somehow arrived in London or she's from London. It's like, you know, it was kind of up to the actor to decide um but I think that she's just yeah she's just very familiar with like that London kind of underbelly that low life kind of thing so it was quite it was quite nice really because I just kind of got to kind of invent some things for myself but also there were all these like great nuggets in the script like um I remember reading that Clementine has five sisters all called Clementine because it made it easier for their mother to remember for her, their her mother to remember who was who, and I was just like, "This is ridiculous." But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a favorite of ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that? Sorry, I said that was a favorite of ours. Though. Oh yeah, mine too. <laughs> we have sisters all named Clementine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I put in my kind of what I thought her backstory would be. And I'd actually written, she tried her hand at many different jobs, but none of them stuck and found that she had a talent for pickpocketing. And given your your backstory of how many, you know, your different roles before you kind of get into acting, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that works. Like, oh, it's the perfect costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of answered my next question of what was Clementine's profession. When we spoke... Oh last year to the actress who plays Delilah the one-eyed mm. prostitute we were asking well what do we call her do we call her a dancer do we call her a street walker like what do we call her so we were like well let's ask Laura what uh, Clementine's profession is and well you like you said a prostitute and a thief so thank you for answering what's Clementine's profession Although I think I do think that what I would like to call her is a very savvy businesswoman. Mm, yes. yes, I agree. I agree. I think that sums her up quite well because you know her really her main profession profession is that she's a survivor. Given mm-hmm. her place and start in life, um, I think she has to do what she has to do whatever she can to survive, and therefore she just wears whatever hat she's presented with. I think. Hmm. What about um, she's Eliza's bodyguard? Could that be fit in there? I mean, I think At that times. would be great. I mean, I do tower Security. over um, <laughs> So, yeah, that that could work. Let's pitch it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you, you talked a bit about um, 
Clementine's costume and the corset that you were wearing. And the mm -hmm. costume was beautiful and, and quite revealing for <laughs> 1882. Uh, yeah. Did it take long for you to get into it? And was it comfortable after you, uh, besides the heat, I guess it was really hot, you were saying, in Belgrade? And um, did that help you to get into her her thoughts process and her character, her being, you becoming Clementine? Yeah, I mean, I loved the costume so much, like just such a huge shout out to the to the costume designer and, and the seamstresses. And like, I just thought like the colors were so perfect. and Every little detail had been thought about, like from the corset right down to like the fishnet gloves that they mm. that they'd actually put extra holes in just to make them a little bit more grubby. Um, yeah. And then like my boots um and i've spoken about these boots i speak about these boots all the time <laughs> but um my boots were my favorite piece of costume and i think it would be like when i would put them on that's when i feel like clementine was like truly in the building because they they just really affected the way i stood and moved and yeah so i think her boots were my favorite piece of costume mm. uh was it comfortable uh It was tight, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it was, I mean, it wasn't uncomfortable, no. Like it was, but it was just, you know, like once I would get laced in for the day, I would pretty much get, I would pretty much just stay laced up all day. And that's not, don't get me wrong, like costume were like, we're happy to undo you. But it's just, it's just such a lot of work. And if they, if they've got a busy day with like lots of different people being laced into corsets, that's again, like a lot of work. So I would just opt to stay in it all day. I'd wear a dressing gown over my costume at lunch. And um, yeah, so it was always like a really nice relief and release when I'd be like undone at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I just can't believe like women lived like that in those days and the things that they had to go through to be considered beautiful. Like, oh, yes, no kidding. Definitely. Mm. So so was it specially made for you? Because obviously there didn't seem like there was a lot of time between you getting the role and starting filming and things. And and so did you have to kind of arrive early for fittings and stuff or was it kind of mostly done before you got there and just like little bits of touch ups before you went? So um, my costume was made specifically for me. Um, and to be honest, I couldn't believe the amount of measurements the costume department asked for. <laughs> um, I'd never, ever received a measurement sheet like it. Um, at the time, I was uh, when I got the when I got the role, I was actually finishing filming on Father Brown. And so when I got this measurements sheet through, I just went to one of the costume team and said, oh, could you, I'm so sorry, but could you help me? Because I don't even know what some of these measurements are. Um, <laughs> so they, 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 yeah, we like, oh my gosh, we spent about half an hour in my trailer just measuring every bit of my body kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, so I sent them over. Um, and as I mentioned, because there was such a quick turnaround between like the time I was offered the job and when I flew out, I just... I literally couldn't believe what they managed to create. So when I got off the plane, I went straight to my fitting from the airport. And to be honest, once I got there, it just didn't take that long because, as I say, they were so amazing. And because their measurements list had been so detailed, it was like I put it on, it fit like a glove and there were just like a few pins to put in place. It was, oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty phenomenal. That must be pretty cool though, wow. the first time you put your costume on. And kind of look in a mirror and go wow there she is yeah like yeah I, I I didn't I just didn't know what to imagine I just didn't know what she would what 
it would look like and and just any like even just down to the colors like I just was like oh these colors like really suit my skin tone and like just everything was really thought out and I just yeah it was it was a really nice experience because of course you know sometimes you go into costume and you come out and you go oh god that's not what I had in mind (laughs) um so yeah good we have a fan question and usually ask them at the end but this one just kind of seems to fit in right Mm -hmm. here about costuming it's from Mm -hmm. Carla and she asked did you have to make any practical adjustments for mobility and if you were Clementine, would you have any hidden pockets and places to hide your stolen loot from pickpockets? <laughs> um, so, well, the scenes I did for my audition tape, there were scenes, they were the scenes with Eliza in the bed sit. And in the first scene, when she meets Eliza, I think she's obviously just been out on the make. And I remember there was a stage direction that Rachel had written and it said that she produces various objects from her pockets. Mm. But I decided that I thought Clementine would probably hide things like all over her body and clothing. So like I stuffed like a man's pocket watch down my cleavage. And (laughs) as as you mentioned (laughs) earlier, um, and you can see from the show, my cleavage is rather ample. So um, (laughs) like there were a few times on set where like I couldn't find the pocket watch after I shoved it down there (laughs) and so like I'd be fiddling about and then the first AD would just have to be like cut um I'd be like sorry like it's hidden um and then I also decided to hide like money in her boots and in her skirt so I imagine that when when Clementine gets undressed like I just feel like like coins wallets bread rolls bottles of liquor just like fall out and rain down on the floor (laughs) that's an amazing scene to imagine yeah (laughs) maybe like not you know it's not very pg-13 so maybe like (laughs) Miss Scarlet and the Duke later or something after dark after After dark dark. dark. yeah I have to admit when I was kind of looking for screenshots of Clementine I was kind of like oh how do I crop this yeah Um, there's a good one actually somebody sent it to me I'll send it to you because <laughs> I was like yeah. it was the first one where I went oh great like my boobs aren't like on my chin That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think definitely episode the third episode when I was trying to screen capture some that I was like oh I can't use that one no. <laughs> I was like if Laura sees this as I've screen captured it I was like this is not going to be a good look so we'll we'll but the, the the last episode, there's definitely a few uh, better ones that I've chosen. <laughs> okay, thank you. I have to say, actually, when we were, because um, the way she's written is like, she's got this heaving cleavage. So like, obviously, like, um, costume, we're like, sure, great, here you go. And um, and I do have like a big chest. And so there were, <laughs> there were times like quite early on where um costume would like kind of come in and be like okay so we just need to adjust you a bit and I'd be like oh what's going on and they were like yeah it might you know might just be reading on the monitors slightly inappropriately and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's funny yeah. yeah um I I noticed I, I can't remember if it was a tweet or or something you put on Instagram that you were like on set or going to set like half past four in the morning mm. and I wondered how long did you have to spend in hair and makeup and did that mean a lot of early starts 
Um, so actually, not as long as you might think, probably about an hour I would be in hair and makeup. Um, the hair took the longest as I've got highlights in my hair. So um, my lovely makeup artist, Shelley, would like star my hair and then she would have to spray it with like kind of like a brown touch up colour. Um, and then the makeup designer, Tina, she was like she was so collaborative um, and she sourced all these products from, from my kind of hair, which was really nice. Um, which so we experimented with all of that in like my hair test and then I didn't really need too much time to have actual makeup put on because we'd had discussions about it and decided to keep it quite simple with like a lip and a smudged kind of curl eyeliner because we wanted to keep her basically looking as grubby and as tired as possible um, and then on my on my first day on set that was a really early start because I think, yeah, I think I had to get up at four or maybe I was going, no, I think I got up at four and I was being picked up at five. Um, so I obviously had no problem looking tired that day. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, because like that was that was actually the first day of the shoot and Tina just wanted to make sure that, you know, we gave ourselves enough time to make sure everything was the same from the hair and makeup test that had like been done on the Friday. Um, and myself and Richard James, actually, we got to shoot we shot the first scene of the second season um, oh, wow. and it was uh, it was the scene in Wentworth's department store where Clementine goes in to find Mr. Salisbury. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think I wrapped by like, cause I only had one scene that day and I think I wrapped by 9am and I, I think I went, yeah, I went for a swim and then I just was like, Oh, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed. Cause I'd got up at four. So yeah, four till nine. It was, it was a, it was an easy day. Like it was mm. a lovely day. Yeah. But yeah, it's um I mean, I know I've you know, I've got friends who do period period dramas and they're just like, oh my gosh, like makeup and costume, it just takes like hours and hours and hours. But no, they were they were just such a well oiled machine on this show. So um coming back to a bit of the dynamics between Eliza and Clementine. So they seem to get along, but towards the end of season two, because that first scene when you're together, you're sort of playing Eliza a bit hmm. and um and then you respect each other towards the end I would say of season two and um you know of course um we were thinking like have you imagined what it would be like to work a case together with Eliza like at the episode one in season three hmm. we do see that you go to jail with her mm-hmm. that you're incarcerated with her so we imagine you'd been working on a case or you helped her out or Moses asked you to help her out. We're not sure if that would be the case. What sort of case do you think it would be if you're going to help Eliza to solve a crime? Or some mm. sort? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it, well, it would just, it would be a case where Eliza needs to glean some kind of information that she just can't get herself as perhaps maybe you know perhaps Eliza can't get into certain spaces so easily whereas I think Clementine is everywhere and she can get into those underworld underbelly spaces and even when she isn't supposed to be in a space like the scene in the department store at Wentworth's like she just has no airs and graces and so she'll just put herself into the situation so I think it would probably be something I don't know it would be something around around those lines Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Clementine definitely has a thing for Moses, and who can blame her? Honestly, <laughs> was that part of the script, and were you able to add a little bit of flair to that? 
I mean, yeah, Clementine really fancies Moses. <laughs> I mean, she really fancies him, let's be honest. Um, no, Rachel, Rachel wrote those beats into the script. And I actually really, I love that we got to see that side of her because Clementine is a character who is essentially a vehicle for moving the story on. And I think sometimes with those kind of characters, there's this tendency to not delve into who they are as people but Rachel makes sure that she creates this like fully realized person when she writes her characters so you know I think it was it was really cool to kind of have that kind of like blessing to be like she she likes him like play it so yeah it was it was fun to play those scenes and besides Clementine if you could pick any other role on Miss Scarlet and the Duke to play which one would it be um Probably my sister, who's also called Clementine. <laughs> <laughs> no, answer. no, I'm only Is this joking. The one that beat you up or, uh, that's also, was it the one that you got a fight with? Yeah, it's definitely her. It's definitely her. <laughs> she came um, off looking worse, though. Yeah. Yeah, true. But I think maybe she slipped or something. I, I was, really, I was imagining her. Because, like, yeah, there's those details of, like, she baked her pet crow, crow in a pie. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. mouse. It was a crow, and then it changed to a mouse, I remember. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I kind of kept imagining who this other sister Clementine was and how petrifying she would be. Um, but, no, on a, on a serious note, no, I wouldn't just want to play my sister. Um, I think maybe, actually, maybe Moses, because I imagine he has, like, a really great backstory and a... And of course, I think it would be interesting to see how he, as a black man, navigates that world. And I'd also really love to like walk around Victorian London in a man's shoes without having to be vulnerable. Mm. Um, and you know, as Eliza is constantly reminded, it's very much a man's world. So I would, yeah, I'd like to see the world through Moses's eyes. I think. Cool. We love listening to to all the the guys on set and it it kind of makes us feel like you know we've we've been there with you in a way so do you have any behind the scenes stories or fond memories of filming that you can share and who made it easy or made you laugh the most um well actually it wasn't it wasn't on set but like the first night you know earlier when you said about sometimes you just turn up and you do you you do the job and that's the first time you're meeting because we don't necessarily get a read through um well, we actually, so the first episode, most of the characters in the first episode, including the the lead cast, we actually managed to have a night out on the first night we got there. And um, Steve suggested we all get together for a meal just again. So we could all just feel like relaxed with each other when we then went to work on Monday. Um, and yeah, like Stuart and Kate were there and they were both really lovely and just really welcoming and we were on this really lovely rooftop. Um, we're at this rooftop restaurant and it was just a gorgeous summer's evening. And like, yeah, we just had like, we just had some dinner and drinks and then we asked for the bill and like Stuart had already gone and paid it. Like he's so, he's so kind and so generous. And Ooh. yeah, it was just a, it was like a really lovely kind of meal where we, where we got to know each other. And then um, I think Brian Bovell, I'm not sure you haven't had him on yet, have you? Who plays mm-hmm. Solomon? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So he is like, I met him the second time I went out to film and he is the nicest man. He just made me laugh from like the moment we met and um, we would go out every day when we weren't filming. And he, he, he said to me that if I wasn't there, he probably wouldn't have left the hotel as much because he's really rubbish with technology <laughs> and um, he would have got lost. And I'm like, I have to say, he really isn't good with technology. We had some very like dicey moments in the airport because he couldn't like <laughs> notice boarding pass and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, like this one night we went out for sushi, just me and Brian, and this song came on. Um, which he loved and he was just walking back from the bar and he literally just started dancing in the middle of the restaurant and everyone was loving it because they could just see that like he was genuinely enjoying his moment and like also he can really dance like he has the moves and that was just one of my favorite moments of like being out in Serbia um, and everyone like everyone thought he was my dad so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, like dad and daughter and we were like sure why not um, and he's actually he's actually become a bit of a, a, a mentor to me as well as my friend um, he's like he's been in this industry a really long time and we chat a lot about the ups and downs of it and he he always reminds me that this job is a marathon and not a sprint and mm. yeah it's it's just it's just really good advice so yeah they're my they're my they're my fondest memories Aw, those are nice. Mm. The Scarleteers have a playlist on Spotify. So if Clementine had a theme song, what would it be? Hmm. Well, when I when I play a new character, I love to think about what kind of music they'd be into or like what gets me in the mood to play the character. Yeah. And uh, I decided that Clementine would really love disco. So mm. I did like <laughs> Donna Summer, Bad Girls or like, hot stuff would be, <laughs> would be one of her like would be one of her tracks I could just see her like shimming through London like you know listening to yeah. that so, I can yeah. see it I can see it I yeah. can see it also yeah. <laughs> all right we will add that to our playlist oh cool yeah I didn't know you had a playlist I'll have to give it a listen yeah it's, it's Scarlet Tears on Spotify we have a playlist wicked I'll have a listen yeah um, so you recently did some work on Big Finish, who do the audio adventures for Doctor Who, and it's the the ninth Doctor adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wondered what was that like, because that sounds like a pretty cool job. Well, first of all, it was an honour, um, and it's an honour to kind of be part of the canon. You know, Doctor Who is such a British in- institution, and of course, I'd love one day to to be on screen doing it, but what I love about the radio is you, you know, you really have to use your imagination to create the world because you're not, you're not walking onto a set. Like there isn't scene painting. You haven't got a costume. You haven't got hair and makeup, all of those things. So it was just really fun. And I mean, the, the story that I was involved in, which isn't out yet, so I'm not actually able to talk about it, but um, like, it's, it's amazing. And so, yeah, I just read the script and was like, yeah, this is really cool. And just got to, got to just invent this really vivid imagery um so that was really great and I was I was quite nervous I'll be honest I was quite nervous um but everyone just you know put everybody at ease and I was really delighted to work with Christopher Eccleston and Frank Skinner who is like you know uh, for our our US and Canadian audience um he's like this huge British comedian and he's actually from my hometown um so I like I grew up watching him 
and um yeah just like it was just it was really cool it was like it was just fun to kind of watch and listen um to everyone and see how they brought those characters to life and I was just you know I was just kind of trying to be a bit of a sponge and just kind of soak it all up that's really neat yeah Yeah, it was it was really cool is it hard when you're doing audio because unlike it when you see like all the behind the scenes stuff when someone's doing like an animation and they've got pictures and everything when you're doing audio all you've got is a script is that harder do you reckon um yeah I think I think so that's that's why you know you've you've really got to do your homework I mean like you know you should do it anyway but you have really got to do your homework and you've got to make you've got to make your choices and you've just got to know that you can see exactly what is on that page because if you can't see it you can't hope to convey that to the audience Mm -hmm. we ask fans for questions about what we're going to do with the podcast and we asked a fan question earlier about the costume but here is some more Callie and Trina asked how many sisters does Clementine have and what do you think about all of them being called Clementine she has five sisters yes she does she has five sisters and um yeah I think I mean I think that's that's ingenious like who wants to who who has five children and can remember their names so like (laughs) that's it's just it's just a lot easier isn't it I think it's great really smart of the mother to call her yeah. children Clementine mm-hmm. I think we heard that line and we all go oh that's really <laughs> smart <laughs> yeah, yeah it is yeah to be fair I, I used to have one nephew and four nieces and I would still go through all the girls names before I got to his and he would come <laughs> around and go auntie Linny I'm the only boy how can you still not get my name right <laughs> I'm getting old <laughs> Bless him. So, uh, Francesca from Facebook asks, "How do you think Moses and Clementine met, and do you think she will ever get her dream come true of a date to Gilbert's with him?" Oh, um, well, I don't think they met with her doing her job. Um, (laughs) yeah I'm gonna go with they didn't meet like that maybe they met they probably met in the pub and I don't think she's his type sadly it breaks my heart but I don't think she's his type I think she can you know she can dream um however I also think that Moses really does have a huge heart and I do wonder if one day he just you know he might just take her to Gilbert's as friends but to make her dreams come true Mm. Oh, I like that. I, I kind of think I she love might Moses. Have, yeah. yeah, yeah. I kind of think she might have accidentally tried to pickpocket him, <laughs> and just pickpocketed the wrong guy. Yeah, that would be good. Actually, that's actually yeah, that's good. There you go. Her second profession. Yeah, but it's so, it would be a good introduction because he's obviously he obviously trusts her because he trusts her to look after Eliza. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I think they've known each other for years. Like I think they've probably had quite a kind of tumultuous relationship because I think Clementine, he might I don't know, maybe like Moses like let his guard down at some point and then Clementine just messes it up. So I feel like I feel like he's like, look, three strikes and you're out, kind of thing. Um yeah. but yeah, I think she I think she realizes that he is a good guy. Like I don't I don't imagine Clementine has like that many friends um 
But I think that she probably, you know, like he might be the closest thing that she has to a friend, maybe in her head, maybe in Moses' head, maybe he's like, no, we're not friends. But I think that, you know, she she probably doesn't trust many people. Mm. But I do think that she trusts Moses. He's, he's probably a bit that. like I helped her out once and she just will not go away now. <laughs> like the puppy yeah. who followed him home. <laughs> yeah, she just, she just turns up. <laughs> I can see that too. Yeah. So right. Lori asked, if Clementine was given a hundred pounds, what do you think she would do with it? Uh, I'd like to think she'd split it with her sisters, but realistically, <laughs> I think. I think she would probably gamble it all away in the hope of winning big. And I just really hope she doesn't lose it all. Mm. Yeah. That's a good answer. What do you think she'd do? I would think she'd drink it all away. Well, yeah, that was, that was my second option, Amanda. (laughs) Drink it all away. Yeah. She does love a snipple. A hundred pounds is a lot in that day. So maybe she can kind of maybe get a bigger apartment. She gets some new boots. Oh yeah, boots. New gloves. Yeah. Yeah, those those gloves, they definitely need replacing. So yeah, maybe she'd get some gloves and some boots and some (laughs) some booze and then um yeah, and then the rest of it. And maybe gamble it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's better. Get a few essentials. Yes. Okay. Get a nice pie in the corner, maybe. So I get to ask a question as a fan. So if you could create your dream role on a show or a movie, so no limits here, mm-hmm. what would it be? Well, my dream role was actually to be in Jurassic Park, but that ship has mm-hmm. sailed. So when they reboot it again, I hope whoever is in charge is listening. Um <laughs> Um, and what part in Jurassic Park, like a specific part or just to be on that movie? Uh, well, if it's the original, Laura Dern's character, I love oh. her so much. Yeah. Um, Dr. Ellie Sattler. Um, I would love to play her because I think she's, yeah, she's, she's just like a, she's a real boss and she's like, she's intelligent and she's like, but she's also super attractive, but she like, she just owns it like I don't know I, I just I love her I remember seeing that film in the, in the cinema as of well I think I'm pretty sure I went to the cinema before this but it was the first film I remember seeing in the cinema and I was just I was literally blown away and I still think it stands up now I think the dinosaurs look great and mm-hmm. I, just, I just think the acting is like is is masterclass which is really hard to do when like something is obviously kind of so unrealistic but like yes. it, yeah so that would that was my dream role. Um, uh, but then I, you know, there is, there, I just really love working and I really love <laughs> variety. And I just think, I mean, I mean I'm sure all actors go, oh, I just want to work. Um, but it's true. Um, and yeah, I just, I love, I really want to, I tell you what, I really want to be in a horror film. Um, yeah. I love oh. horror. It's like, that's probably my favorite genre. Well, it is my favorite genre. And um I've always wanted to be like, I've always wanted to get to like the penultimate victim. Like you think she's going to survive and then at the end she gets killed. But then like I get to do like my big dying sequence. Like that would be, mm. that would be 
really cool. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and this but, genre, horror, why horror? I just, I actually, I, I don't know. People are like, you're a bit crazy, Laura, but I just oh, love I'm just crazy. curious. I love being scared. Like, okay. I literally love being scared. Makes My sense. boyfriend is like, why do you why do you do this to yourself because I'm like right let's watch horror and then I am petrified and I'm like you have to come to the toilet with me and he's just like why why do you like why do you enjoy this and I'm like I don't know it's just great so yeah yeah the the rush yeah Mm. good for your heart get your heart rate out yeah exactly it's better than Uh like doing steps (laughs) (laughs) better than exercise yeah I remember watching as a teenager, I can't even tell you what, what film it was, but something, and we were having a sleepover at a friend and her sister decided to like dangle a bell out of the upstairs window to tap it against the window <gasps> to us downstairs. We absolutely freaked out. Oh my gosh, I think I lose my mind. <laughs> That's good though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you now we know it. how to scare Laura and Lindsay. All right. <laughs> yeah. trust me it doesn't take much to scare me that's the thing it doesn't me either like it actually doesn't me either but so that's why it's also a bit ludicrous that I love horror films so much well that I'm really good yeah. at jumping out at people when they come around the corner so watch out okay oh. if you ever meet me I'll jump out at the corner I'm I'm gonna be watching on that note Thank you so much, Laura, for, for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. And, oh, thank you, you know, so much for having me. We yeah. genuinely, there is so much love for Clementine. Um, we do hope that at some point she might make a, another appearance because, you know, she she has gone down an absolute storm with the fans. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And that's really lovely. And it's so nice to, to hear that people like her. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for the support. That's really great. Thank you. Yeah, we do love <laughs> Laura and Clementine both now. For sure. And thank you, Suzanne, for for joining us as well as as our guest host. Yes, thank you, Suzanne. Yeah, great hosting skills, Suzanne. Oh, my pleasure. It was great. My first time doing a podcast, so I was a bit nervous. Don't need to be nervous. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really glad I did this. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. If you haven't found us on social media, we're on Facebook as Scarlet Tears Podcast. We have a page and a group, just Scarlet Tears Podcast is all you need to search. We're on Instagram at Scarlet Tears underscore podcast. We have a website, Scarlet Tears Podcast.wordpress.com, where we have all our uh, past episodes of our podcast. So find us there. Thanks for joining us. And we'll have a good one next time. So tune in. Bye. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod, Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.